Jesus is King. Welcome to the One Peter Five podcast, rebuilding Christendom, restoring Catholic culture and tradition. I'm Timothy Flanders, the editor of One Peter Five. I'm joined today by RTF Mike. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's an honor to finally be on One Peter Five. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Looking forward to the conversation. If you don't know Mike, he is the I think the co-founder. Are you the co-founder of Restoring the Faith Media? Tell uh, us about I, your work, Mike. I would say, yeah, I'm the current owner of Restoring the Faith. Um, we, we started with four guys. It became too much for the majority of people, and I'm just the idiot left standing. So, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So, and, and what uh, what's new with, with RTF? I, you have a great news show you've been doing for about a year now called The Rundown. Yes, uh, yes. And what else is so tell us about the rundown if any viewers aren't familiar and what else is new you'd like to promote from RTF. Uh well oh thanks. Well the, the rundown is something that sort of organically grew. It started with Steve Cunningham at Census Fidelium and I and then we later added uh Ryan Grant um from Mediatrix Press and brother Martin Navarro from the Oblates of St. Augustine. We call it the Fab Four. We we've had we've had a lot of guests. Uh, hosts as well. We've had Taylor Marshall. We've had Dr. Kwasniewski. Uh, we've had a, quite a few priests, including Father Ripiger, join the rundown. And we just kind of, we just kind of banter back and forth with the news for, for, from the week. A lot of it is so absurd that you know it, the the best way to deal with the absurdity of the communist takeover that we're all living through right now is is to mock it. And uh, so it's. It's a little bit of a comedy show. It's a little bit of a news program. It's it's rooted in in traditional Catholicism, and and uh, I I can't believe of all the things that I've worked on in the last two years with this particular apostolate of all the things that's the one that's really taken off. We get ten thousand views a week. I mean, and people just love the rundown. If we if we miss a day or if we miss a week, I mean, it's like you know people come out with pitchforks and and whatnot. So it's uh, it's it's not to be missed, evidently. <laughs> Yes, uh, yes, certainly. It's a great show. Uh, very entertaining, of course. Um, I, I have really appreciated some of their stuff as well that you've done with RTF. I, I love the um, you did you did recorded sermons of Saint Alphonsus. Um, yes, yes. Way back I, when that was excellent. Yes, I did. I I did uh, pretty much the whole year. There are a couple sermons that I still need to do um, to finish out the whole year. But Saint Alphonsus had a sermon for every Sunday of the month or of the year, really uh, 52 sermons and just reading those. I mean, just having to read them into a microphone was so uh, beneficial to me personally. I was like, man, I wish, you know, I wish everyone would read the book. And I know actually, you know, we're going to talk about tan books today because they have a lot of great resources, including um, this book, the golden arrow, but tan puts out the sermons of St. Alphonsus. And I think right now, like as we're recording this, um, there's a 40% off of a whole St. Alphonsus package, uh, which, you know, St. Alphonsus gets a lot of hate on, on Catholic Twitter as well, because he's just so rigid and so clear and, you know, people just don't like precision in language anymore. So, yeah, that you, if you read, uh, just for viewers, if you read through those 52 sermons, that'll definitely change your life. That'll, that's that's a recipe for conversion right there, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. So what we're talking about today is today is Michaelmas, and we're also talking about another Michaelmas, obviously, is ancient feast, but the prayer to St. Michael is very much a 19th century uh, movement against the revolutionaries 
And today we're going to talk about another movement against the revolutionaries, against the Marxists, and that is the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. This is a devotion that is certainly lesser known compared to others. And so it's definitely something that we want to look into. And we have, Mike, you, would you call yourself an apostle of this devotion? Well, I would be honored to be counted among uh, the apostles of this devotion. I don't think I've quite reached that, that status yet. Uh, but but I've, I've come to love the holy face uh, of, of Jesus and the, uh, the devotion around that. I think I think my particular devotion and the reason why I want to spread it is is very selfish. Uh, there are there are nine promises associated with it, just like there are promises associated with the scapular and the rosary and the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And one of those promises is you know is is particularly uh, important to me. And I'm sure we'll get into the nine promises. Uh, but I I spread the devotion to the Holy Face, and I started spreading the devotion to the Holy Face in 2020 as a reaction exactly to the what we what we witness as the communist takeover of our of our society um and and the you know the bioterrorism that we're all living through right now even as we speak right now well that's excellent to we'll definitely have to get into that so let's let's put this in context tell us about some of the history of the 19th century and what's going on and how this arose the visionary Give us the story and introduction to the devotion. Yeah, I mean, I think we, uh, this is a great, great leadoff question, Tim. You know, every devotion, every major devotion in the church has taken centuries to catch on, so to speak, to evolve and to, and to, and to go mainstream, if you will. Um, that was certainly true of the rosary. It was certainly true of the devotion to the Sacred Heart. And I think what we're witnessing now is that Almighty God in His providence gave us this devotion to the Holy Face in the 19th century, specifically for the times in which we're living now. And I think that the devotion to the Holy Face is going to continue to blossom uh, as, as the entire globe is enveloped in, um, in the communist revolution. I'll, I'll quote from you. I, I actually I prepared a couple quotes. One here is from Venerable um, Fulton Sheen. He says, quote, that the conflict of the future is between an absolute who is the man God and an absolute which is which is man God, between God who became man and the man who makes himself God, between brothers in Christ and comrades in Antichrist. And I think I think the final stand that we're sort of witnessing is between is against communism. Communism is fundamentally anti-Christian, it is anti-Catholic because it's anti-family, because it's anti-God. That's, that's in its DNA. There's no, there's, no, there's no parsing out the inherent, the essence of communism and, and its anti-Catholicism from, uh, from those two things. And so the devotion of the Holy Face was given to us in the 19th century, as you said, and it was given to a lowly, quiet, hidden life, Carmelite nun, Sister Mary St. Pierre. And Sister Mary of St. Pierre uh, took, received the devotion directly from our Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and he began appearing to her in the 19th century, and he began telling her about the importance of the devotion. And what I, what I truly want all of your 
uh, audience and viewers, listeners to, to understand is that this is the devotion for our time. And it is the most masculine and most martial devotion, I think, that we have ever been given. It is, it is directly ordained by God to combat communism by name. And it is the first, only, and last devotion that we've ever been given by heaven, which mentions communism multiple times by name. And this is a really, this is a really remarkable uh, uh, fact that it mentions communism because um, the word communism really wasn't in common use around the time that Sister Mary of St. Pierre, the hidden life, uh, a Carmelite nun, that, that, she was, that she was alive. And so, yeah, just just for viewers, I've, I've got the the date is 1844 when the visions began, and then for context, Communist Manifesto is published 1848. That's right, that's right. The word the word communism had been floating about Europe for some time. I I used to say, and I was incorrect. I used to say that no, you know, that there's no way that she could have ever even heard the word. Um, and and I think I, I was corrected, and I t I take the correction. That word was was used for basically for socialists, for liberals, for nihilists, for for anyone who was sort of a collectivist. Um, and that word was used as 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 early as the 1840s. So it's possible that she may have heard that word, but I still think it's miraculous that our Lord used that word in the 1840s. Um, clearly, our you know uh, we have seen the, the you know the 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 Bolshevik Revolution of 1918. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the Maoist revolution, the Venezuelan revolution, and, and now really the global revolution. So, uh, as you said, on, on, on the feast of Michaelmas, we, we are, we are looking at 19th century devotions and 19th century, because all of the seeds are being planted. All of the, all of the pieces are being brought into place for what we're living through, um, right now. Yeah, that's excellent. So um, tell us more about the specifics of what the visions were saying. What was our Lord saying? So he's, he's revealing something against the communists. Yes. And what more specifics did, was he giving? Well, the heart that the nature of the devotion of the Holy Face is is reparation. The, the true heart of it is reparation. And it's and it's not just sort of abstract reparation for the sins of man. It's specific reparation for blasphemies against Almighty God and for the profanation of the Holy Sabbath. Um, it's very easy for us to profane the Sabbath um, in our modern culture, in our modern lives. You know, we 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 think nothing of doing a little bit of manual labor, doing a little bit of work, checking emails, um, when, when really we should be focused on, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the first three commandments. You know, you look at, you look at and uh, Father Carney, who's one of the, one of the clerics who's, who's, who is an apostle of the Holy Face. Again, I'm not an apostle. I hope someday to be one. But, um, and he's, I know he's writing a book about the Holy Face, and, and, and I, know this, I know this because I've seen an advanced copy of it. And one of the things that he says in it that is, I think is so shocking to him, I think this will knock your socks off. Um, profaning and the Holy Sabbath is probably worse than abortion. Because when you commit an abortion, you commit a sin against man. 
But when you sin against God directly, that is a totally separate species of sin. And I, you know, we don't really hear a lot of preaching about the first three commandments, but Almighty God put placed the commandments in in a numerical order for a reason, and the first three are are fundamentally rooted in our relationship to God, how we are to reverence Him, how we are to think about Him, and what we are to do our duties to Him. Um, the, the the last ones are for how we're to treat each other. And so if you sin directly against God uh, in a way that is uh, that is worse than sinning against man, even if it, you're talking about the, you know, the fifth commandment or, or, or whatever. So um, why does that have to do with communism? Well, because part of the nature of communism is to disrupt the Christian life. It is to disrupt and displace the, the reverence that is due exclusively to Almighty God is supplants religion, uh, which yeah, which is you know, rendering justice to God, um, with you know statism and state worship, and so it uh, communism tries to make man God. It pushes God out, and and so part of its DNA, part of how it operates, part of how it's always been implemented is to to force uh, manual labor on the Sabbath. Uh, to deprive people of the sacraments um, on Sundays. And so there, there's a linkage between communism and, and, the, and the holy face. And I think this became so obvious to everyone and so acute and apparent when the world started to lock down, when churches started to close their doors when bishops encouraged people to live stream masses instead of attending them in person, when people were deprived of the ability to fulfill their third commandment obligations in, a, in an active and physical and approximate way, then I think people began to wake up and say, there's something demonic behind all of this, and, it's, and it, has, it has less to do with the pathogen and more to do with an ideology. And so I, I think I think this is why this is this is ties into precisely why with the with the COVID religion, the anti-religion, I think the the devotion of the holy face is in direct, total opposite conflict with the anti-religion of the of the COVID religion. And so um, it really is the devotion for our times. That's excellent, and it's really interesting how in the 19th century is when the first three commandments are really attacked because even before that you still had like Anglican England still had certain, uh, you know, shame built in with not keeping the Sabbath or things like this. So there are certain mm -hmm. Christian mores still present in certain areas in these heretical nations, but especially in the 19th century when the revolutionaries started to destroy everything and secularize everything. Yeah. And our lady of La Salette has the same two points about, that's right. Sunday and blasphemy, those two things. So what what does our Lord say? What is the actual substance of the devotion? What does he say to actually do in reparation? And then what happens to uh, the the message in yeah. terms of official approval? So, uh, okay. So Pope Leo XIII um, invested the, the arch confraternity of the Holy Face with uh, this this level of um, dignity of an, of becoming an arch confraternity, 
In fact, I think I may have a quote from him, uh, but but of all the of all the devotions that he promulgated during his pontificate, uh, the devotion to the Holy Face is something that he described as the the most illustrious of all of them, and 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 he did this relatively quickly in response to um, not only uh, the the visions and and the apparitions of our Lord to Sister Mary de Saint Pierre. But I have to, I would be remiss were I not to mention uh, Venerable uh, Martin Dupont, uh, the Holy Man of Tours, and uh, he he literally he literally committed thousands of miracles uh, while he was alive and walking the streets of Tours, France. One of the one of the ways that people can reverence the Holy Face is is in the Holy Face Chaplet. And, you know, unlike some other more controversial chaplets that actually require you to, to reappropriate the use of the rosary beads, um, there's, this, there's this totally separate chaplet. It's 30, it, there are 33 prayers that you say in honor of the 33 days that our Lord was present uh, on, on earth. It's divided into five parts in, in relation to his five senses. And it's a deep meditation upon about the, the sufferings of our Lord, uh, with each of his five senses for each of the years of his life. And I, I can't help but draw an exact parallel to the main prayer of the chaplet that you say 33 times. You say, uh, show us thy face, O Lord, and we will be saved. Um, and you say, um, you say, arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered, and let all that hate thee flee from before thy face. So the the let all that hate thee flee before thy face prayer is obviously comes from us from from the Psalms, and um, and some commenters have said that including Cardinal Burke who who promotes the Holy Face that this is one of the most powerful prayers that can be said and it scatters the demons, but let's let's back up and and think about um, show us thy face O Lord, and we will be saved. What do the communists tell us today? They say, hide from us thy face, O citizen, or we will be infected. It's the demonic inversion. It's the diabolical disorientation of the truth. The, fa the human face is the most, uh, is the most uh, expressive part it's the, it's, uh, of, of the human body. When we say we're made in the image and likeness of God, we're really talking about our face. Our face is expressive. It's magnificent. It, it, it conveys the human heart, our hopes, our aspirations, our, th our feelings, our thoughts, our innermost desires. The fact that the Covidians want to, us to cover our faces, I think, is part of a diabolical plan um, to, to, to remove the image and likeness of Almighty God. So I don't think it's a coincidence that the devotion for our times to combat communism, the final devotion that is going to take 150 years to implement and to come into its own, and here we are, and, and it, 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 it is blossoming, especially in traditional circles, that finally that this martial devotion, this masculine, manly devotion that we have to fight the communists, to fight the nihilists, uh, is centered around showing us our faces, showing our faces. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to be overly political and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to hijack the show here, Tim, and, and just talk about the COVID religion, which I hate, but, um, the fact that like, you know, mask mandates and everyone must wear a mask. Um, I, 
there's there there's there are no coincidences. It, it's absolutely it's absolutely a, a way to distort reality and prevent us from seeing each other as we are. Yeah, I think it's uh, beautiful what you say about the image of God, and I think there are ways that modern art has been an attack on the human face where it's disfiguring or disfiguring or, or making more abstract or just no longer focusing on the face. Like the, the beauty of the portrait that uh, is certainly everywhere in art history and certainly on sacred icons and icons like the icon behind you, Mike, they're always of the face. That's, that's how we communicate with other people. Yeah. Um, have you thought much about what, what is the connection between these two, the blasphemy and the profanation of Sunday connected to our Lord's face in particular? Is there a connection between these two and the face of the Lord? Well, all, all acts of reparation, um, all acts of reparation are, linked together insofar as they are meditations upon the suffering, the passion of our Lord. And this, this is true with the sacred heart, which is pierced by the lance. Um, and, and so there's, there's a connection of all acts of reparation to um, the, the physical suffering and the, the and the spiritual mental suffering that our Lord went through at Calvary, um, the devotion to the Holy Face in particular is is a devotion which, well, first of all, the first people to ever adore the Holy Face of our Lord were the three kings, and you know the shepherd boy and all who were there at the at uh, at the birth at Christmas. Um, the devotion of the Holy face tracks our Lord's countenance and the magnificence and splendor of his face throughout his whole life. The sweat of his brow as he worked with his foster father, St. Joseph and learned, you know, the trade of, of carpentry. Um, the, uh, the, the joy on his face, you know, uh, as he as he uh, raised his his friend Lazarus from the dead, the sorrow on his face, you know, as as he went through his passion, and um, the uh, particularly the the bludgeons and the and the disrespects that he received, um, the connection to his face is is us di- directly reverencing the most magnificent and and um the, the the splendor of the second person of the holy trinity of his countenance which is something that we are deprived of doing or don't do or fail to do when we sin directly against um the blessed trinity in in so far as we sin against god by profaning the holy sabbath or by or even worse by blaspheming some of the promoters of the Holy Face include uh, King St. Louis IX. And one of the reasons why King St. Louis IX is included as one of the sort of saints of the Holy Face is because of his particular aversion to blasphemy. Uh, one of the things that King St. Louis IX would do uh, to blasphemers is he would burn out their tongues so that they could never speak again because 
Uh, if you're going to use misuse your body, if you're going to misuse your tongue, which is designed to speak the truth and to render um, prayers to God, uh, it's it's one thing to lie. That's that's a terrible thing. That's a misuse of your body. It's it's quite another to sin directly against God and to blaspheme. That was so abhorrent to him that he would just that he would just burn out your tongue. Um, and so, and so he's he's counted among one one of the apostles of the Holy Faith, one of the saints of the Holy Faith. St. Therese, uh, the little flower, she's one of the um, apostles of the Holy Faith. There's a very famous picture of her actually holding open. What I have here is the manual of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Faith. And there's a picture of her holding this open where she is, where she's pointing to the image that's in the, uh, the manual of the Holy Faith. In fact, I think one of her names was, and the, was the Holy Face. Um, you know, they have long. Yeah. Days. Yeah. Teresa, it was Therese of, of the child Jesus and the Holy face. Yes. That was her yes. name and religion. Yes. So it is fundamentally Carmelite devotion, you know, and, and as, as we see our dear Carmelites around the world come under attack and, um, some have had to flee like in Philadelphia, uh, others are receiving apostolic visits, which uh, only spells bad news. I can't help but think that this is this is a continuation of the assault on the Holy Face. In fact, our Lord promised Saint, Sister Mary Saint Pierre that Satan would have something to say about the Holy Face. She said uh, he told her that that basically Satan would do everything he could to stop this devotion, and um, it says, "quote This is from our Lord. Satan will make use of every means." in his power to annihilate this work from the very outset. But the most holy name of God will triumph and the angels will gain victory. Oh, you've well, got the image. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's the image. Excellent. Well, there's the angels for Michaelmas in that quote. Um, I think there's, it's very powerful. <clears throat> When you think about it, because when you're when you are focusing on the face of the Lord and you're thinking about how the Lord is looking upon you, it's like being in the presence of someone in in the flesh, somebody who's facing you with their face. They see you. You're in their presence. And in order to sin, you really need to turn away your face from his face or think that he's not looking at you thinking that mm -hmm. his face is not upon you and you need to sort of change the state of your your soul and your mind to a point where you are disregarding his face in order to sin so it's kind of like i i think of it as reparation is getting you back into the state of uh, avoiding sin by focusing upon his face, his gaze, his presence. Oh man, that's that's such a brilliant observation. Because look, let's let's just take the temporal version of that f for a minute. What what is wearing a mask before twenty twenty uh, associated with? It's it's people who are going to commit bank robbery, or people who are going to commit sacrilege, or people who are going to commit a coup. Uh, you know. Or, or a, or a violent revolution, people are hiding their face in order to commit crimes, in order to commit sins. Um, you, you generally don't just brazenly show your face 
uh, when you, yeah, when you want to uh, be com commit deviant activity. I think that the same is definitely true. And this get this kind of leads into the promises of the Holy Face, the nine promises. Yeah, uh, tell us about that. As you as you as you think about meeting God face to face, which we all assuredly will do, um, when we do that, we have to present our faces to God, and we will meet Him face to face. And and it may be a very brief meeting for for very many of us. In fact. Uh, St. Leonard of Port Maurice says, uh, for the vast majority of us, it'll be a very brief meeting. Um, but one of the promises of the Holy Face is that our, our face, which becomes disfigured by sin, and I think this is the spiritual aspect of your point, Tim, our face becomes disfigured by sin such that we ought not present it to Almighty God because it, is, it, it, it bears the marks of sin. I think you can even see this in a natural sense, too. I mean, you look at like an angry feminist liberal woman, right? I mean, she just has this countenance on her face of just perpetual anger, perpetually be offended, being offended. You know, just just really an ugly face. It could be a beautiful woman, but it's just an ugly face. And there's a hatred there. There's a hatred for God. There's an anger. There's a, there's, you know, so, so we, we, we begin to bear the marks of sin in our faces. Um, this is definitely true in a spiritual sense. And um, so one of the promises is that rather than having to present our face to God the Father when we meet him at our particular judgment, the moment of our death, four last things, rather than having to do that, our Lord says, if you will keep this devotion and you will promote this devotion to Holy Face, that he will take his face, the most adorable face of the Blessed Son, second person of the Holy Trinity, and he will place his face on top of our face so that when we present our face to God the Father in our particular judgment, God the Father is now gazing at the only, the, you know, one of the only things that is most pleasing to him is the image of the Holy, uh, the second person of the Holy Trinity of, uh, of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, it's kind of like, if you're suited up for war, you know, you want to wear the best tactical gear that you have. If you're going into a firefight, you want to make sure that, you know, like you've got your body armor, you've got your Kevlar, you know, you've, you've, you've cleaned your weapon. Um, you know, you know exactly where your magazines are. You know where your medical kit is in case you get hit. You, you, you want to you be totally prepared to, to face the unknown, to face the enemy. When we're about to face God, I can think of no better way to outfit ourselves than to just remove our faces totally and just and just literally bear the countenance, the splendor, the magnificence of our Lord's face and, and take his face as our face. So that's one of the nine promises is that if you keep this devotion, um, that our Lord will replace our face, which is disfigured by sin, with his face. And therefore, when our when when God the Father looks upon us, gazes upon us for a particular judgment, he sees something pleasing to him rather than um, something that is unpleasing. I think you make a, a very interesting point about the ugliness of sin, literally. It makes me think of the joyful countenance of religious sisters and, uh, you know, the joy that exudes from their faces yeah. and how that inspires our souls and the holy faces of many saints and now there's a radiance it's like in in the holy scriptures moses's face was radiant 
And so he had to put a veil because it was too bright. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, also the transfiguration, of course. When, and uh, and yeah. the, ra- the radiance of Moses' face is exactly, that's the first promise. The first promise of the Holy Face. It says, quote, they shall receive in themselves by the impression of my humanity, a bright irradiation of my divinity, and shall be so illuminated by it in their inmost souls that by their likeness to my face, they shall shine with a brightness surpassing that of many others in eternal life. It is exactly Moses's. It is exactly that. And I've seen this. I think people who have a deep devotion to the Holy face, they do sort of have a glow, you know, um, I, I hope this isn't too crass, but I've noticed that like women who are, who are expecting sort of have this like pregnancy glow about them. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like you've got, everyone has seen, especially the trads with big families. We know when a woman's pregnant because she glows, she glows with a light. She has an innocent life in her womb. Um, I think that people who have a devotion to Holy Faith, who worthily receive the sacraments uh, uh, with regularity, I think that they do sort of have this iridescence to them. Um, and you can see it in the eyes, too. And this is something that actually one of the FSSP priests, uh, I don't know if he wants to remain anonymous or not, but he, he put out a couple of things about the magnificence of the face during the, you know, during the 2020 lockdowns. And he talks about how the, you know, the eyes are important and they're windows to the soul, yes. But if the if the if the eyes and the windows to the soul do not agree with the rest of the face, then there's a there's an incongruence there that 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 you that that conveys dishonesty or 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 something else. And so um, you know, people who say like, oh, masks are okay because you can still see the eyes and the eyes are the windows of the soul. But no, but the eyes have to be in total agreement with the rest of the face. Otherwise, you're not getting the full picture. You don't, you don't get the context of, of who a person really is. And there's nothing like a face-to-face meeting. Like you and I haven't met face-to-face. We've been on Skype and, right. and stuff uh, several times. I suspect that when we meet each other face-to-face, it will be such a more profound um, impression of who the other person is and what we're really like. And, um, and so you know, when we meet God face to face, uh, well, we hope it's, it's not our faces that we're presenting. Yeah. That's incredible. Just to think about the fact that people can connect virtually. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing how much this, this, this brings out all these reflections just on the nature of what God created in the face and how, like you said, you can, I mean, we're seeing each other face to face right now, but when we're in person and you are truly face to face, there is some some just power in the reality of the person, the reality of the image of God in another person, man yeah. or woman, that yeah. really speaks to how this is this is just an icon of something much greater in eternity. That's right. That's right. Well, because um, the object the physical reality that we live in is only a subset of the objective reality that we're going to live in so even you and i meeting each other face to face with our five senses as god created us to experience objective physical reality we're supposed to see each other we're supposed to interact shake each other's hands we're supposed to experience reality with our senses um in the next life, in, in objective reality, in final reality, in ultimate reality, uh, it'll be so much more, um, it'll be so much more real than even this physical reality that we're living in. And, you know, 
when when you say that we're afraid of a 99.996% survivable pathogen and so therefore just stay home and live stream the mass because it's essentially the same this is what most of the naturalist clerics have have promoted in the united states and around the world it it even deprived it, it 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 takes us one layer away from the concrete physical reality of experiencing the and assisting in holy mass using our five concrete senses and it becomes totally a digital experience where it's 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 two-dimensional it's it's uh you know you're kneeling in front of a led device uh illuminated by you know coal plants firing electricity and sending it to your house or whatever you know um and suddenly it, it becomes i think very blasphemous because you instead of kneeling before the true physical throne of almighty god you are kneeling in front of your electronic device which is so often a distraction from god and an occasion of profanation of sunday and blasphemy i mean you can't turn on the tv without hearing and seeing blasphemy you just can't do it and then the idea that you would use that same device and you would bask in the led rays and kneel in your living room to assist at a remote mass you've lost all proximity to the thing and you are and you now have no familiarity with it and it has severed the ties and i think a lot of the naturalist bishops even on a natural level are waking up to the fact that they have alienated the majority of their flock who's not going to come back because if you tell them that they can meet their their third commandment obligation to keep holy the sabbath by kneeling in front of their tv they're not going to come back because you've already normalized that behavior and so this is why i think that that this this particular it's incumbent upon us who have this devotion, who 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 can understand it. We've really got to make penance, and we've got to say these prayers. Uh, we've got to say these holy face novenas. We've got to say these holy face chaplets. Um, uh, in particular, for that, because many in the church have now led so many astray in in falsely believing that it's okay to um, well to profane the Sabbath. Yes, and I, I, I'm reminded of the importance of making reparation for sinners and how cat, that's such a Catholic attitude is that it's easy for us to complain about problems or get offended at bad bishops. And, uh, you know, it's understandable what people are wounded by that. But ultimately, we must make reparation and our, we need to have an attitude of penance yeah. towards our erring brother who is sinning, even against us, to offer penance for their sake. Can you speak at all about the masculine character you mentioned a few times? What yeah. about this devotion do you see as particularly masculine? Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is an offensive operation if you it, you know if you think about offense versus defense i think a lot of times catholics are playing defense a lot of times we're trying to you know we're trying to protest some change that's happening in our culture 
you know, you, you think about the TFP and they're constantly out there with their banners. They're protesting, you know, some something that's that's awful. And that's good. That's fine that they do that. But that's that's essentially a defensive maneuver. What this does is it takes the fight to the enemy. This is this is something that strikes terror in the hearts of demons when we take very seriously this devotion which was given to us by our Lord specifically for these times. And there's a tie into St. Michael as well today on Michaelmas. Our Lord tells Sister Mary of St. Pierre specifically, quote, Lucifer willingly abandoned his subordinates, the charge of other troops of sinners. For instance, the lewd, the intemperate, the avaricious, but the blasphemers he kept as his favorite flock. St. Michael and the holy angels will protect you with my cross, which I give you for your shepherd's crook. You will become a terror to hell. This prayer, this arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered, and let all that hate thee flee from before thy face. St. Athanasius says, that is one of the most powerful prayers, and it literally scatters the demons. When we say that prayer, we are cleansing our households, our families, our lives, our, and our souls from the demonic activity that is so prevalent in our world. We are taking the fight to the enemy. We are, we are, we are shooting arrows of, of holy fire against the demons that are tormenting us. And it's... it's it's fundamentally different than, you know, than praying outside of an abortion clinic, which is a good thing to do. But when you stand and you pray outside of an abortion clinic and you're and you're begging God and his in his permit in his in his mercy to you know to erase that that and scourge that evil off the face of the earth, that's that's a defensive thing. When we are making reparation to Almighty God in the in the devotion of the holy face, it is an offensive maneuver where we are scattering demons. And uh, and you can see that really in the life of uh, of the holy man of Tours, Venerable Leo Dupont. This is a man who scattered demons, basically outside of the entire city of Tours. Uh, he had thousands of miracles attributed to him. Um, I'm not quite sure what's holding up his his canonization, but he was he's also known as the Apostle of the Holy Face, the Apostle. Uh, he knew Sister Mary Saint Pierre. And he took it. Uh, he took it uh, very seriously. I just want to uh, note on the books to to learn about like just the the revelations of our Lord to Sister Mary, and uh, and what they and what they said. There's this book put out by Tan. It's called The Golden Arrow, and you can buy it direct from Tan. Uh, you get ten percent off if you put in RTF ten. Um, Tan also. I don't have my copy of. Um, the Holy Man of Tours with me, but um, Tan also puts that out, and it's about Leo. Yeah, that's that's linked below as well. There it is. Um, so just if you scroll down on the YouTube, all both of that is linked. Um, and let me just add to this before you move on here, because I just um, it's it, yeah, it's definitely offense because I, I thought of Numbers ten thirty four, which says the cloud also of the Lord was over them by day when they marched. And when the ark was lifted up, Moses said, arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered and let them that hate thee flee before thy face. So the ark is moving from place to place. And when they pick it up 
and move to the next spot and they know there's going to be enemies. This is what Moses says to begin their journey. And then this is later on incorporated into Psalm 67. And so that's, it's a fascinating point that you make that that particular invocation is an Mm -hmm. offensive prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in a, in a church that is so uh, marred by kind of, lispy clerics and feminist Karens running around and Susan's at the parish council. And really, you know, you know, I think a thing that turns a lot of people off, especially from the Novus Ordo is just the weakness and the meekness, the, the meekness just, uh, yeah. masquerading as weakness, or maybe it's the opposite, but um, this is not that this, this is, this requires a little bit of work and it is, it is for, I, I I don't know why I did when I conceptualize this devotion, it is it is just fundamentally, it is such a masculine thing to take up the armor of God and to say, I'm gonna take the fight to the enemy. I'm gonna take I, I'm gonna take it upon myself to try to appease Almighty God in his in his just anger for the sins of the communists. And I'm gonna fight communists too. And, and one of the ways that we can fight communists is not only to have this devotion in our lives, but to start to display the image of our Lord. And I, people have been starting to do this. There's, there's a movement in New Hampshire, in Arizona. I think I'm in touch with someone in Washington State who's doing this. I think you have someone in the live chat right now from, uh, well, from Oklahoma, but has, uh, has ties to Montana as well. What we need to be doing is we need to be uh, I, Marshall calls it take up, taking up space, Taylor Marshall. And that's, that's, that's a similar way of, of, of putting it. We need to displace evil. We need to displace evil by proudly uh, flying the, 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 the banner of our king, of Christ the king. And, um, you know, you are starting to see people putting the image of our Lord on billboards by the highway. Like by major interstates, you see images of our Lord, um, either from Veronica's veil, which is what this image is from the from the Golden Arrow, or from the Shroud of Turin. Doesn't matter uh, to me. I mean, as long as I, I see our Lord's face, it's great. We need to show His face triumphantly and proudly. That's that's how we're going to defeat the communists, and that's what our Lord promises. He says that He will that that this is the devotion that is that is given to us to defeat communists. And, um, you know, and that's why the first thing they do is they try to tear down uh, religion. They try to destroy the churches. They, they, they tear our Lord out of the, out of the tabernacle and they, they blaspheme and profane him. Um, this, is, this is the opposite of that. You know, the, uh, Lenin, Lenin really admired uh, the reign of terror, the, the, the Jacobin reign of terror. This is something that he really admired and he thought, wow, this is how I can run a country. This is how, you know, by fear, by terrorism. They're now using biomedical terrorism and, and, and this, that same level of fear, fear of death, fear of, you know, the flu um, to control us. This is what they're using against us. That's why they want us to cover our faces. We need to proudly display our faces. We need to stand up to the mob um, and, and, and we need to fly the, the banner of our king. 
Oh man, uh, this is this is excellent. I, I love what we're what you're saying here, Mike. Thank you for sharing all this. Um, so the bring us up to. I know you've commented a lot on the present time, mm-hmm. but um, at, so the Arch Confraternity happens under the reign of Leo the Thirteenth, and what has happened with the devotion up to the present time? You said that you mentioned one priest who's sort of an apostle. Are there further organizations that have, that have been made? Um, I, I have a few links. Can you, you can also describe some of the links that you wanted me to share as well. Yeah, please. Uh, so uh, an arch confraternity means that anyone can join it. It's still headquartered in Tours, France, and there is still, an address that you can, you can send to one page thing. You send, you send in your one page. Uh, you say, I'd like to join the arch confraternity and they send you back your official membership and you get a whole kit and you get some prayer cards and you get, um, you get, you get all kinds of holy face, um, <laughs> stuff, let's say me- memorabilia. Um, and, and, and all the how to's and all the, all the litanies and, and the novenas, which are also aptly described in the, manual of the arch confraternity which is being republished by the martinians it's one of the links that you have and it's beautifully adorned with uh handmade leather uh that is stamped with uh, the fleur de lis of our lady um and this is this is a father carney operation um and these these all ship out of um well i believe they ship out of oklahoma still but um the so the first step is we need to join the arch confraternity because the uh, the the dignity of an arch confraternity is a r- very rare thing. It's not often done in the church. And Pope Leo was was quick to do it, um, I, like in the 1880s. You know, Sister Sister Marie de Saint Pierre died in 1848, the same year that Karl Marx and and Hegel wrote the Communist Manifesto. Not even a generation later, you already have the arch confraternity existing in the Catholic Church as an explicit opposition to communism and something that anyone, lay or priest, can join. So that's the that's the first and, and most current thing that we can do. You can find um, online, anywhere if you just kind of do a search for an, an internet search for the chaplet of the Holy Face, or you can make your own chaplet. Um, again, it's, 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 it's 33 beads, so it's three and then, you know, 30 divided by five uh, for the five senses. So you end up saying six, prayers for each of the five senses of our Lord. Um, and the chaplet is also described in this book that you can buy at martinians.org. Um, the conferences uh, are happening everywhere for the Holy Face. There are groups that are devoted to the Holy Face. I think so, you have somebody in your live chat who runs a, a major Facebook group uh, that is devoted to the Holy Face. And every single night they go live and they, and they, they pray the chaplet together. Um, I'm embarrassed to say how few times I've been able to join them live on Facebook to join the to to join them in praying the chaplet. Um, in, in enthroning an image of our Lord, an image of our Lord's face uh, from Saint Veronica's veil or from the Shroud of Turin in our home is 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 the next step. It's something that we must do. Um, lots of times on Tuesday nights there'll be prayer meetings um, in parishes. Um, th- that are doing these devotional prayers in reparation. Um, so we can start that at our parishes on Tuesdays or on Saturdays. Um, we can, uh, as, as well, we can, we can, uh, well, here's an example. I think one of the things that you have linked is Father Carney's having a conference just about this topic 
this topic, which is how the holy face will combat socialism and Marxism. And uh, that's happening in Wichita uh, in the month of November. Um, so you can, you can register for that. I'm going to try to figure out how I can maybe stream that um, virtually so people can watch it who can't make it to Wichita. Um, but but the, the devotion is spreading. There's a groundswell. It, 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 has, it has been, you know, 150 years, Tim. And it is time for it to become mainstream. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I, you know, I know you came from the East and I'm a convert. And, you know, you, you kind of, you, you get into the church and you think, okay, I'm here, I'm arrived. And then you start to dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And you say, oh, wow, I need to, I need to wear this, uh, the scapular and I need to keep the promises of the scapular and you say, Oh, I have to wear this other medal too, because you know, our lady gave us this medal and I need to wear it. And you start to, you start to unpack all of these things. And then, you know, you, you kind of go down the rabbit hole and you're like, what is this holy face thing? I never heard of it. It turns out to be massively important, you know, uh, and, and, and this is something that we, we really need to mainstream it. If there's any one thing that I would like people to do who are watching this or listening to this, I think, the one thing I would want them to do is to say to themselves, how can I mainstream the devotion of the Holy face? I, so if you, you immediately understand how important it is, it, 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 it defeats communism. Our Lord gave it to us and there are promises associated with it. Like I'm going to glow and I'm not going to go to hell and I'm going to be one of the greatest saints in all of heaven. Uh, just merely just because of my, uh, spreading this thing. Right. Um, so I, I understand the importance, but how do I spread it? How do I mainstream it? How do the rosary mainstream? How did the, the Sacred Heart mainstream? You know, it was Catholics telling other Catholics about it. It was starting prayer groups in your parishes. It was going out into your communities. It was living it, living it in your and throwing him in our in our house, in our homes. Um, so, I, you know, I get I get pretty excited, especially at the hour mark uh, on these live streams when it's kind of like the culminating message. But I really do think that the culminating message is that we've got to get involved. We've got to get uh, uh, activated. As uh, as Catholics and say, okay, our Lord gave us this prayer. He gave us this, um, you know, the golden arrow, arrow prayer, which you and I are going to pray at the end of this, as a specific weapon for now, for now. And it starts from great from Saint Gertrude the Great and Saint Mechtilde, and uh, I mean, it has its roots in early medievalism, and it is, and it was, it was planted back then, and it is for now and um and i want you know as a marine i want the best most current weapon system if i'm going to go into a firefight i want the best gear i want the best that i can possibly have for now i don't want to go into a firefight you know uh using using world war one um weapon systems why would i do that you know what i mean i'm going to get outgunned the communists have very sophisticated weapon systems uh that they're employing against us so we need the most current thing, and this is that thing. This is the most current thing that Holy Mother Church has given us that, thanks be to God, Pope Leo XIII has invested with the full dignity of the Arch Confraternity. Beautiful. Excellent. I, I think it's a great, um, starting with this devotion, which is the offense that you're saying, which is establishing and per taking up space establishing the adoration of the holy face of jesus and we can make reparation and then we can begin if we're not already 
cutting out blasphemy from yeah. our lives. Yeah. Whether as you as you mentioned, a lot of this is is on our devices. We we may not blaspheme, but we're actually this is something that I get I get passionate about is the movies today are blaspheming. Someone's blaspheming it as an actor, and then you press play, and then you cause another blaspheming to happen by recording. And so you're sort of an accessory to this blasphemy. And we're continuing to play that in the airwaves to create this noise of blasphemy. And then, as you said, we're profaning Sunday and Holy Days. And that's something that we can actually take control of in our own lives and our own families and the communities is doing this, beginning to change our lives because our society is built on, it's built very much built on profaning Sunday and the Sabbath. The economy is working on that Sunday. It needs to continue to work, but we can say no to that. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, you know, what we, what we also ought to do is encourage our priests to preach on the importance of the first three commandments because it's so easy to activate a catholic action group or catholic audience if you talk about you know abortion or you know disordered marriage or any of the other attacks on the family people get really animated about the attacks on the family it would be shocking shocking for people to know that even even uh, antecedent to that are the sins against God and that the sins directly against God are much more grave, much more important. And he takes them pretty seriously. That's why he numbered them first. So the idea that like, I, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to check my email on a Sunday. I just want to get a head start on Monday. It's no big deal. It's not, it's not a lot of work. You know, it's not manual labor. It's, you know, it's, it's just a, just a flick of my, of my thumbs. I'm not saying that we're going to go to hell for that. Maybe we will. I hope not, but, um, but if we're not conscientious, if we're not at least conscious about how we spend our time on Sundays and how, yeah, I mean, obviously avoiding blasphemy and, and, and not, and not being coming an accessory to, it. I like that term becoming an accessory to it. Um, but, but if that's not preached from the pulpit, you know, no one's going to listen to Mike and, you know, probably more people will listen to Tim. Tim's, Tim's a published author and, and an editor. <laughs> But even with the, with the limited spheres that you and I have, no one's going to listen to us. We need to hear it from the pulpit. We need our priests to stand up and say the first three commandments are important, and here's how you fulfill your Sunday obligation, and here's how you refrain from uh, manual labor and menial labor. Um, Saint Alphonsus defines it. You know, it's 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 pretty clear. You can go you can go to the the Catechism of Trent and look up you know the third commandment, and you can see exactly what. We're not supposed to be doing. And so if we, if we can't, if we as a as potential apostles of the Holy Face, if we as, as are trying to spread this devotion, if we can't even figure out in our own lives how to keep our Sundays ordered towards the good, ordered towards uh, the, the rendering justice to God, which is religion, then there's, no, there's really no hope. Um, there's no hope for anyone, right, so, to be able to do that. So we've got to do it in our house. Yeah, the um, the Father Lassan's missile and the Angelus missile in the examination of conscience simply put it, have I contracted business 
without necessity on Sunday, meaning have you bought anything without necessity? And which is typically understood to mean, you know, if you need to buy medicine and that type of thing that are necessities, you know, doctors have to work on Sunday, you know, policemen, that type of thing. Um, But if you are not necessitated, you should not be buying things. You should not be contracting business. You should be Mm -hmm. resting, resting your mind, having time with your family, praying, reading a book, doing these things on Sunday. So any final words, thoughts, Mike, before we pray our prayer? Uh, Final exhortation would be um, this. 2020 was a strange year. 2021 is shaping up to be worse. I don't think things are going to get better until we reorient ourselves and become true reactionaries. We, it's, it's no longer a time of needing conservatives. Conservatives are liberals in slow motion. Conservatives just try to stop the madness. We have to turn the tide. We have to fight back. The devotion of Holy Face is one way to do that. Uh, please, please, there are three books that you should buy. Three books. The Golden Arrow, put out by Tan. A Holy Man of Tours, also put out by Tan. And then probably most importantly, this Manual of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face, which is now put back into print by the Martinians. You go to, go to martinians.org. Um, and they make these in batches too. So sometimes they have a couple hundred uh, in the inventory, and sometimes they have zero. So hit the website. You can get it you know, leather-wrapped either in brown or, or black leather. Mine has coffee stains on it, and my, my pages are starting to become frayed just after a couple of years of owning this. Um, but I, we, have to, we have to go on the offense. We cannot be defensive anymore. We have to be reactionaries. Some Catholic commentators use the term uh, reactionary Catholic in a derisive fashion. I use it uh, in, a, uh, in a complimentary fashion. We have to be reactionaries. If we're not reactionaries, we'll lose. If we don't fight back, if we don't take the fight to the enemy, if we don't scatter the demons that are trying to, uh, to, to ruin our lives and run, and run our affairs, we will lose. So um, that's it. Perfect. That, that's exactly right. If we do not take the fight to the enemy, we will lose. And that's really what our Lord did in becoming incarnate. He took the fight to the enemy. And he went face to face with the devil and destroyed him. And so he truly embodies in his own work, in his own incarnation, passion, death, ascension. The prayer that we pray, which is let thy enemies flee from before thy face. The enemies did flee before the face of Christ in his own life, and they continue to flee from him in the life of his saints. So let's. I'm going to bring up the holy face image and then Mike, can you lead us in the sure. golden arrow prayer? And then we'll close out. Sure. No, may Amen. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unhonorable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored and glorified in heaven on earth and under the earth by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. Amen. Amen.